Good morning and welcome to Breakfast with the Beak. I am your host, Johnny Goodtimes. Joining me is my sidekick. I'm Dr. Eisenberg. Good morning, Beaknecks. Good morning, Johnny. Good morning. And uh, good morning to all you nice folks out there in podcast country tuning in to hear us talk about something. It's a lovely day to listen to a thing. Yeah, so put some things into your ears that make noise, and then make sure that noise is a podcast, ideally ours. Yes. Yes, I mean, I guess if you're hearing these instructions, you're already there. So you win. Yeah. Yeah. You've just been tutorialized. Little paperclip. Yeah. What's up? Anyway. Yeah. What is up, actually? Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, same here. Yeah, nope. Got nothing. You know... New opening segment. You know, it's interesting. It's actually interesting because (laughs) there is nothing going on here despite the fact that the holiday season is in full swing out there in the world. Yeah, well, that's out in the world. Exactly. The decorations are up. No doubt the radio stations are playing Christmas music around the clock, and it's all crap. It's all simply having a wonderful Christmas time and related bullshit. Look, my office is up the block from Macy's. I can walk by and hear them blasting Mannheim steamroller. I don't care. Nor should you because... The beauty of this modern age Mm -hmm. is that nobody listens to the radio anymore, Yeah. so you decide how much Christmas music is in your life. Or at the very least, it's like, you know, internet radio. Like, you know, I'll listen to some uh, some, uh, Nikki or some Russian Tim, get some uh, nice punk podcasting out of Canada, or you can bust up the Spotify and it's like, hey, I feel like listening to Rush. Here's my Spotify Rush playlist. Exactly. You're and not at the mercy of what the man wants you to hear. Yeah, and, you know, we talk about that a lot, just not us personally, but we as a society talk about that a lot. Mm-hmm. But never does it seem more revolutionary than in this holiday season when you don't have to fucking listen to Christmas music. Well, I, I okay, I don't know if we've mentioned this on the show before, but a couple of months ago, we decided to cancel cable here at Beak Headquarters. We did indeed. Because most TV shows are crap, and it's really, really expensive. It is way too expensive. So we canceled the cable, got some Netflix accounts, mm-hmm. and uh, a nice byproduct of that is no Christmas commercials. Yeah, no, I don't need to know what things I'm not going to buy are on sale at stores that aren't even here. Never before have I been so non-inundated with advertisements. It's lovely. It's fantastic. And when you pop up that Netflix account, you never have to watch Jingle All the Way. You can go right back to Ghostbusters. You, you, You theoretically have the option. I don't know if that's on Netflix, but if it is, I guess you have the option to watch Jingle All the Way. I'm not gonna. Well... Yeah, you say you're not gonna, but we, we've talked also on this podcast <laughs> about how you watch movies for purely masochistic reasons. And I do love Arnold Schwarzenegger. So. I don't think anyone loves Arnold Schwarzenegger that much. Well, for Jiggle All the Way? Yeah. No, I'll probably still pass on that one. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, uh. I would watch it before I would watch Tim Allen's Christmas movie. Any of them. He's done several. That's true. Yeah. That's true. He's in like five Christmas movies. They're yeah. all terrible. Well, that's. Even the one with Martin movie. Short is terrible. I think that one's especially terrible. Yeah. 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 Well, the lesson is, uh-huh. that's what we're avoiding this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just just get into your own thing. You don't have to you don't have to go along. No, I mean we tumble in the thing. We have successfully scrooged the fuck out in a way that Scrooge himself could not have imagined. Yeah. You know? Think about it. It's impressive. Yep. And therefore, I'm impressive. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> You're trying so hard. No, no, I'm not. I'm just pointing out to the people what they already know. Okay. Whether they can admit it to themselves or not. Anyway, let's roll the topic. Okay. And impress them some more. Okay. Yeah, damn it. I'm feeling confident this week for yeah. some reason. All right, great. Yeah, what the hell? Let's I it. am excited about this. Okay, that is a 13. Okay, I'm ready for you to impress me. Yeah, okay, topic number 13 is David Bowie, submitted by friend of the show, Nick in Philadelphia, or thereabouts. Thank you, Nick. Yes. David Bowie. David Bowie. Holy I love, shit. I love David Bowie. Yes, we're getting good topics. David Bowie is, is you know, probably one of my favorite musicians of all time. Uh, yeah, no, I think he's probably, I'm not going to say he's one of everyone's favorite musicians of all time. He's one of mine. I think in terms of society as a whole, perhaps they don't appreciate him properly, but I think looked at objectively... If aliens were cataloging all our music uh-huh. and saying what matters, he'd be up there. Well, it's, he's got crossover appeal because he can do a great top forty hit, but he also makes stuff for the weirdos. He definitely makes stuff for the weirdos, and most people can't do both. No, no, no. I mean, there's been a lot of people who can do music for the weirdos over the years, and uh, you don't see them, you know, getting talked about a lot on your various. Uh, Retrospectives on your pop culture centric channels, the way they talk about Bowie. You don't hear a lot of Tom Waits at 80s night. You do not. He was around. He was. He was putting out albums. Mm-hmm. The 80s is when Tom Waits started getting weird. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I don't say this very often. Okay. But here's the thing that gives me pause at the top of this topic I feel like it's too big. Oh, thank God you said it first. <laughs> because, like, I mean, we could do literally a podcast. On any one Bowie album. You could have sent us your favorite Bowie album for us to talk about. You can't now. It's too late, yeah, dum-dum. Too late. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, assholes. you want a show that's just about Aladdin Sane? Should have thought of that. Yeah. Yeah, now it's going to be all of it, and we're going to mash as much in as we can. But it's too big. You want it's... a show that's all hunky-dory? Well, I would have loved that, too. Yeah. But it's too late. That's a great idea that won't happen. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually kind of bummed I could talk about that album a lot. (laughs) We could do a whole separate podcast where each week we talk about a Bowie album. We absolutely could. We could do a pure Bowie-centric podcast every week, an album. Hell, every week, one song that we deconstruct and look at its place in his career, you know? Well, except that I feel a lot of those songs are stronger as a whole. You know, in the in, oh, certainly. In, in the context of the album. Oh, so well, that's so. why I said within the context. But, okay, yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's not a podcast that is a. a it's not one hundred and one. It's advanced Bowie. Okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Bowie with the beak. Yeah, yeah. Breakfast Bre- with Bowie. Whatever. Breakfast with Bowie. Oh, Breakfast with Bowie sounds like he's here. Well, that would be awesome too. It'd but you a, know what? This is a letdown for the listeners. This is a day for missed opportunities. It seems. <laughs> it certainly appears. Well, it's a good thing we're not focused on Christmas, so we can focus on Bowie. Yeah. No. I mean, a Bowie kind of Christmas would be a sweet Christmas, and I've got some stuff to say about that. Now <laughs> that I say it. That's happened. That has happened, <laughs> and I would like to return to that in a moment. Okay. But, but for the time being, yes, I'm going to agree that it's such a long career that spans. 
so much. Not not just in terms of time, but in terms of styles of music, the sheer amount of music in those different styles, etc. I happen to have my handy iPod here, okay? Okay. Bowie's career spans from his first EP in 1966 <laughs> to his most recent album, uh, The Next Day, which came out this year. There we go. That, that is... is- a, yeah, that is a nearly 50-year yeah. career right there. Yeah. And the new album has some good songs on it. I'm not going to say they're all hits. Yeah. You know, that no, it's not no, all I mean, amazing. But, like, there's good songs on yeah, that album. No, I mean, new Bowie albums, like the the more recent Bowie albums, like 90s Forward, right. definitely have their moments. Absolutely. Yeah. And... Uh, and that's another thing. It's a guy who has remained, if not consistently transcendent, right. then at least consistently good. Yeah, I'll, I'll not, go with that, yeah. Not every album is going to be Ziggy Stardust, but yeah, that that goes for albums that aren't by David Bowie as well. <laughs> that goes for most albums. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, Ziggy Stardust is... I, I mean, I will talk up Hunky Dory all day, but Ziggy Stardust is, like, you know, arguably my favorite album by anyone of all time. So. That's <laughs> certainly reasonable to have as a favorite album. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I can't find fault with that. No. No, I mean, it, I mean, there's a lot of... There are a lot of albums by a lot of people over the years that don't have a single weak track on them. Right. That you can put on, you don't want to skip anything. Sure. This goes a step further, and more than fifty percent of that album is indispensable. If you want to, if you want to make a list of Bowie songs that you know are the roots of major parts of pop culture, uh-huh. you might as well just put that whole album on there. Well, like, like, what are the parameters? Like, how big does this list have to be, or can it be? Oh, you're compiling a quadruple album best of. So, like, forty or fifty. Yeah, let's say between 50 and, let's say, up to 60. Up to about 15 tracks per disc. Huh, all right. I'd have to think about that. Because, like, like my favorite... I've listened to a lot of Bowie. I still do all the time. I was listening to Bowie today. And, like, not counting the soundtrack of the movie Labyrinth... Yes. I top out with favorites after about 1980. Uh, yeah, like, no, I definitely... 70s Bowie is definitely my favorite. Like, Scary Monsters and Super Creeps is the last Bowie album that I have songs that I just, like, need to have in rotation. That 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 works for me, yeah. You know, Ashes to Ashes. Yeah. Especially. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I will mount a defense of Let's Dance if we're going to do that, but... <laughs> All right, that, that's 1983. I'll yeah. give you... I no, mean, no. Well, no, I mean, I'm just saying, you know, that that's one of that's one of the more, you know, oddball albums of his, you know, in terms of where it fits into Bowie's canon. And uh, well, Let's Dance is interesting because it's got three, you know, songs that you call top forty hits. It's also got China Girl and Modern Love. Yeah. So, because that's the weird thing about Bowie's, he's got these like perfect crazy art albums yeah but he's also got a lot of hits yes he does and now now i just like to in a little aside here say that oftentimes when we get uh, a music podcast or a celebrity podcast and a topic submitted to us right we do our homework as best we can we watched a fuckload of tom cruise movies we listened to all the music billy corgan recorded including the solo shit and zwan okay that's true but when we got this one, it was just a dilemma. Because even though 
you can put on pretty much any Bowie album and have an enjoyable time listening to it. Yeah. In the end, it's just so much. Sooner or later, you want to watch TV. I mean, yeah. It's like, I've got my collection here. My iPod is 350 songs. And I'm sure that's not all of it. <laughs> I Well, it's pretty close. I mean, that, that that probably covers, like, the studio albums, but... Yeah, but, like, and some soundtracks. But, like, ah. Black Tie, White Noise, Buddha of Suburbia, Earthling, Heathen. These are albums I haven't really taken the time to, like, get into. Yeah. Because it's just... You know, I spend so much time on, you know, the old stuff. Like, I owned Heathen, you know, like, when it came out, I was like, oh my god, new Bowie, and I went out and bought it, and I listened to it, like, once, and then I think I listened to it again, like, five years later, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you just kind of, you know, well, you want to go back to Ziggy Stardust. I always want to go back to Ziggy Stardust. Yeah. <laughs> or or Diamond Dogs is one of my oh favorites. Oh my god, yes. You know, fucking Man Who Sold the World. Yes! Pinups is an underrated <laughs> album, and it's got some... It's actually rockier than some of the Bowie albums. Yeah, well, we could spend all day fanboying out on David Bowie. Yeah. And we we will in our spare time. We have before. Sure. We will again. In the Beak House, this topic does come up just on its own, apart from the podcast. Correct. We roll our own topics in real life. <laughs> and we don't roll them. We just think of them. Yeah. You don't even I want guess to know we just. Uh, I guess we just uh, talk. Uh, yeah, that's what normal people call it. They call it just having conversation. Yeah, well, I remember what that was like in the before time, before <laughs> there was a podcast. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. You come from a silly place <laughs> where you don't roll things before you talk about them. Yes, and where everything you say isn't something that could go on a whiteboard for future material. <laughs> How do people live like that? Uh, I don't know. Well, anyway, yeah. to go back to something I mentioned a little earlier, mm-hmm. it is currently December, it is the holiday season. Yes. And uh, we're talking about David Bowie. Sure. And I'd like to talk about a little appearance uh, Mr. Bowie did on a Christmas special. Classic. With uh, Mr. Bing Crosby. Right. Yes. Bing and, uh, Crosby. Bing fucking white Christmas Crosby. Bing Crosby is like like the embodiment of old timey. Bing Crosby brings the whitest Christmas. Like, he's been old and dead for a long ass time. I mean, obviously our entire lives, but, yeah. you know. I'm sure that in his lifetime there were a whole lot of people of our parents' generation who just understood that, to them, Bing Crosby had always been old. Well, that's exactly it. I mean, he was old when Elvis was young. Well, the point is that the oldness of Bing Crosby aside, because we could make jokes about how some dead guy who can't defend himself is old as shit all day. (laughs) Hey, Bing Crosby, why the fuck are you so old? Oh, got nothing to say? Oh, you you know, fucking worms ate your tongue? What's wrong? (laughs) (laughs) It's funny that you're dead. Ha, ha, ha. Okay, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, to be fair, his name sounds so archaic and candy-ass. Oh, yeah, Bing. But that's, that's only because in the modern era... Like, the only people who have names like Bing are the sort of people who hang out with guys like Mitt Romney. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the point is, you know, crusty old Bing Crosby around about 1977... Right. ...was recording a Christmas special, and they wanted... And it was, you know, they were recording it in England. Yeah. And so, you know, they were getting celebrities to come on, and who was uh, at hand 
David Bowie happened to live nearby. Right. Now, at this point, this is 1977. So See, this is after Ziggy. This is after a lot of stuff. This is amazing to me. This is the weirdest part of that. Because I, I, when I watch that, I think of, like, initial Bowie. Like, the first, like, album or two. Yeah, when no. he's just, like, singing pleasant songs. Yeah, that's when I thought this was recorded. I thought, like, you know, really super young Bowie. No, like, this 1967. Is, like, yeah. promoting the first full-length LP. Yeah, I mean, he was just Which a kid was then. just called I mean, David Bowie. Yeah. But yeah, no. No, this was Bowie after a lot of his, you know, sort of defining work had been done. Uh, yeah. Uh, let's see, 67. So we've 77. had... 77. So we've had Space Oddity, Man Who Sold the World, Hunky Dory, Ziggy Stardust, Aladdin Sane, Pinups. Diamond Dogs, Young Americans, and Station to Station. This was Station to Station Bowie on the Bing Crosby special. Okay, I would like everyone to keep <laughs> at least everyone familiar with that album. That is bonkers. <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it fucking is. Because, because they, David Bowie comes into the studio, Bing's like, I want to do the little drummer boy. I imagine he talked like that. Yeah, and the premise is, is is very clumsy. It's like, hi, I'm going to come into your house, old neighbor, and let's I'm gonna sing come a song. In, I'm going to come into this set of your house that looks like a creepy castle. Right. And uh, we're going to sing a song. And David Bowie hated that song, and he was like, I don't want to do it. So some guy went down to the basement and wrote a harmony for David to sing. Oh, is that what the... Because I've yeah. never heard that harmony anywhere else. No, it, that, was, it was written for that. That makes a lot of yeah. more sense. Yeah. Yeah, they literally ran down to the basement and cranked that out in about an hour. The, like, peace on earth, can it be stuff? Yeah. Okay. All right, I get it. Yeah. Now, okay. the thing is, this... You hear people talk about this. I have seen this a million times. It, it, it's always on TV around the holidays. It's all over the internet. It's on YouTube. It's on YouTube, exactly. So I've seen this a million times, and I've always heard people talk about how bizarre it was and how surreal it was, you know? Uh-huh. And that never really clicked for me. I'm like, yeah, it's weird to see these two people, you know, occupying the same planet, mm-hmm. you know, interacting with each other. They seem like... They seem like of such different times that the fact that they coexisted on the Earth for a significant chunk of the 20th century is bizarre to me. And Big Rusby is trying to name any modern music he can say he likes. <laughs> yeah, because that's the banter they do. You know, oh, I like some of that modern music, you know? Right, right. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I mean, that's weird, but at the same time, it's not that weird. It's a pretty standard-issue Christmas special segment, but then... You think about the context. Again, this is station-to-station Bowie Uh coming into Bing Crosby's pretend castle and singing the little drummer boy with him. And this is... He's he's already played a lot of crazy characters, like some of whom are alien. This is a man who at this point in his life had almost certainly already jerked off Iggy Pop. Yeah. Yeah. That's fair. And he was coming into a room to hang out with Bing Crosby. (laughs) Now... To add to the bizarreness of this, a factoid that I did not know about this this footage. Please do. Which I I don't know if this is common knowledge, if this is something that like other people know, or if this is for super fans only, or what. Uh huh. Now the realities of television production. Yes. Tell us that most programs have to be recorded sometime before they are broadcast. Of course, if they're not live, uh-huh. so that editing and sound mixing and so forth can be done. Yeah. So this special, this Christmas special, right. was indeed recorded in September of 1977. Sure. 
That's now, perfectly reasonable. In October of 1977, Bing Crosby had the poor sense to go and die. <laughs> Bing Crosby fucking died in October of 1977. <sighs> About a month, uh, almost to the day, a, mo- a month and a couple of days after recording... This segment with David Bowie. Now, how many TV channels were there back then? Two or three? Three. Okay. Maybe four. I don't know. Like There were like local channels, UHF stations and stuff. Not counting UHF and PBS. There were three networks. There was ABC, NBC, CBS. That, yes. was, that was television. That was television. Yeah. And so, Bing Crosby died. Yeah, right. In October. Yeah. Two months later, in December... Right. This special airs. Now, right away, I mean, people were probably, just because, just because, you know, we didn't have a thousand magazines talking about, you know, what's hot on TV right now, and websites about, you know, production blogs of shows and so forth. Right. Just because the average TV fan was less in touch with how his favorite shows are produced. Uh Uh-huh. Perhaps people were a little more credulous about TV back then. Uh, yeah, that's fair. Perhaps people thought if it wasn't at least live, then it was recorded very shortly before Christmas. Mm-hmm. This, by definition, had to shatter that illusion because the sort of you know the sort of grandmas who were into Bing Crosby back then, yeah, they knew he died. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, there weren't. A thousand celebrities of the time tweeting about it, but no. yeah, word got around. I mean, people read the paper. Well, back exactly. Then. There weren't a thousand celebrities tweeting about it, but everybody was watching the news on one of three channels. They're going to mention it. Yeah, Bing Crosby was an American icon. He sang White Christmas for fuck's sake. Right. You know. So yes, everybody's going to know Bing Crosby died, and then blam! Here's the Bing Crosby Christmas special. Bing back from the dead. <laughs> Singing with this curious, lanky Englishman. If anything, I do think, especially because the competition was fierce amongst three yes. three channels, I feel like this probably actually boosted the Nielsen ratings for the Bing Crosby special. Because everyone was going to tune in to see the last Bing Crosby thing before he died. That's true. Like, that probably bombed whatever the hell out of the water. Yeah, whatever was on the other networks. I don't know, Hogan's Heroes? I'm not going to look I think it's a little late for Hogan's Heroes. 1977? Yeah. Whatever. Rockford File? I don't fucking know. I don't know. Good Times? Who gives a shit? Yeah, who cares? Nobody watched it because we all wanted to watch The Ghost of Bing Crosby. Yeah. Yeah. That is true. I'm sure that's true because, like... If Michael Jackson had gotten off one final concert before he died... Oh, yeah. That would have been... Everybody would have watched that. If they had just been like, hey, that's going to be on NBC for some reason. We're not going to hold it back for an ultra-deluxe platinum DVD. We're just going to put it on fucking NBC for free for all the world. Right. And everybody you see, would have watched that shit. And you see that rehearsal footage where he's just standing there in his robe going, this is it. This is it. And you're like, are you going to die on stage? What's it's happening? Like, this is it. Like, is that the concert? You're just going to say the name of the tour? That's not That's not how tours work. You don't... No. It's not like, you know... It's not like when you say the name of the movie in the movie. You know? <laughs> well... You don't need to say the name of the tour in the tour. I mean, you know... When he says, this is Thriller in Thriller, that's kind of fun. Well, that's the song. That's the name of the song in the song. He didn't get on stage and be like, thank you for coming to the Thriller tour. 
He just said, thanks for coming out tonight. You're a great crowd. I Hello, assume. Cleveland. What? A, I don't know what Michael Jackson <laughs> talked about on stage. to a Michael Jackson concert. I, I don't think he was big on the banter. Uh, no, I think... No, he was big on the showmanship. He would, yeah. like... The lights would come on, and they'd spot on yeah. him, and he'd, like, raise his fist and, like, scream, and then he'd start dancing. Yeah, he wasn't here to talk to you. He was here to impress you. He's Michael Jackson, not Tom fucking Patty. Yeah. And he's a dead pedophile, so fuck it. Whatever, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I guess uh, <laughs> score one for Tom Petty. <laughs> it's about David the, Bowie. The eternal struggle between Michael Jackson and Tom Petty, which is not a thing I just made up, has finally been decided. And the answer is weed is better than pills, I guess. Okay, that's fair. I don't know. I mean, I just that's what I know about these two men. What drugs do they like? <laughs> And their musical career. Well, and their music, but who gives a shit? <laughs> I mean, I, well, today, music-wise, Michael Jackson wins. I mean, yeah, I would rather listen to the best Michael Jackson songs than the best Tom Petty songs. I'd rather listen to the worst Michael Jackson songs than the best Tom Petty songs. <laughs> Even the stuff on the last album. Absolutely. Okay. I haven't heard it. Maybe I like it. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Heal the world versus like uh uh uh. C, C, C. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Even, wait, no, okay, Free Fallin' sucks, but like, uh, Won't Back Down is a good Tom Petty song. Johnny Cash version is better. Johnny Cash? Yeah. There's no, con- there's no comparison between Johnny Cash and Tom Petty. I mean, I guess there is, because Johnny Cash is better. Yeah, and he covered a Tom Petty song and just blew it out of the water, so. Well... <laughs> All right. There we go. So let's talk about David. Bowie. Yeah, we've 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 solved music. Yeah, there's a hierarchy, and, and David Bowie is the best. And David Bowie is probably at the top. Yes. Yeah. But uh, also, just in terms of not sucking this late in life. Yes. I mean, I mean, Mick Jagger hasn't really fucked up. But not, like, not like a lot of people have. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but but at the same time, seeing seventy some year old Mick Jagger. Stumbling around trying to do his, uh, his, uh, you know, his trademark strut. Right. Or when, you know, Iggy Old Leather Nipples Pop goes on Colbert Report and yeah. tries to bring the Stooges back one more time. Oh, man. Just do Raw Power. Don't do the, uh, don't do the new album. <laughs> See, although, although, that's an interesting comparison in a way, because, like, after about 80, 83 Bowie, yeah. I start to get into that, it's kind of the same cutoff for me as the original Three Stooges album. Like, I don't okay, really... okay, the original Three Space Stooges albums, not the original Three Stooges albums. <laughs> God, this language is worthless. <laughs> <laughs> it's a mishmash. We need to start Dude. over. Oh my God, let's just all switch to German. That shit is precise. Fuck it, go D and D on it, man. Let's create common, and then everyone learns common, and then they also have their native language. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's like Esperanto. We tried that. We did Esperanto. Yeah. Yeah. It didn't catch on. No. Because who wants to deal with that? I do. I'd like to learn Esperanto. It's probably too late. You can do that. I don't think you'll find anyone to talk to you in it, but you can learn it. I don't think there's even a Rosetta Stone for it. <laughs> probably not. If there is. I don't actually care, so don't send me stuff. I'm sure there are enthusiasts on the internet that you don't want to talk to, because they probably also want to show you their fursuits. I don't think there's actually a lot of overlap there. Esperanto speaking furries? No. I'm sure there's one. 
Oh, he's the loneliest man in the world. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yeah. David Bowie took us to an odd place. (laughs) Really puts it into perspective. But that's what what David Bowie does. He takes you to odd places. Okay. You know, that's... I'm not even kidding. I mean, that's... I'm sort of kidding because furries, but no... Like the, that's that's something that uh, that David Bowie, especially like in his what I consider his prime, you know the 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 seventies Bowie, you know seventies, absolutely, you know could do is put you in a in whatever very weird headspace he was in when he recorded something. Yeah, Ziggy Stardust in particular is very specifically a concept album. It's not the only one, but yeah. But, you know, that's the most famous one. But even beyond that, like, a lot of his albums are structured around an idea or a persona or whatever. Right. And it's very good at... He's very good at establishing that tone and getting you in the right frame of mind to sort of accept it. Sure. I mean, Ziggy is, you know, it's the story of this, like, tragic rock figure who gets too big and almost has, like, a Christ moment. Yes. I mean, Aladdin Sane is a more offbeat version of that, but he's a weirder guy. And Diamond Dogs is a straight-up post-apocalyptic science fiction adventure. Yes. And, uh, well, what I'm saying is he's he's very good at that. These are concept albums. Yes. Straight up. But I'm saying even when he's not doing a concept album, even when it's just an album based around whatever outfit he's wearing that day, sure, he's still very good at, at establishing and maintaining a tone and getting the listeners sort of on board with it. Yeah. And uh, in that regard, I'm just going to have to turn around and acknowledge where a lot of people of our generation encountered David Bowie for the first time. Okay. And that would be in Labyrinth. Yes. And obviously, we've all seen Labyrinth because that's what lonely people bond over the first week of college. That's fair. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, well, it's a good movie. It's not a bad movie. Well, it's 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 one of the better non-Muppet Henson industry things. Yes. Anything where Jim Henson or the Henson Company right. is building amazing, elaborate puppets that... You know, basically get billing alongside the humans. Yeah. That get on, that deserve to be on the poster with the humans. Those things are grotesqueries. <clears throat> oh, they're, they are, but they're wonderful, you know? Yeah. It's like, I, I mean, you know, it's, it's cliche at this point to look at any well done puppet and especially a, a Henson Company puppet and say, you know, it feels alive or it feels like a character in its own right. Sure, because but, we live in a post-Yoda, post-Farscape universe. Absolutely. <laughs> but, but yeah, no, Labyrinth is one of the movies that especially pulls it off. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, a lot of people of our generation, and especially from my totally non-scientific survey of getting drunk with people, yes. a lot of women of our generation oh. have a, a very strong impression of, of David Bowie from that film. They are so ready to submit their innocence to the Goblin King. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Because Put it right on the table. Big fucking cod piece. Yeah. That crazy it makes, leather it's not, costume. It's not a cod piece. It's just tight pants with a very prominent bulge. Oh, right. He might be wearing a cod piece under it. Maybe not. You're right. I'm thinking of Tim Curry. Different movie. Yeah. <laughs> but, but no, this is just blam. Yeah. Here is my dick. Enjoy it, children of the world. You know, okay, you know how Robin Thicke sings I Know You Want It, 
and it sounds creepy and awful. Yeah. David Bowie has too much class to say that. But he knows. David Bowie doesn't need to say that. No. David Bowie doesn't need to say that because when David Bowie thinks that, uh-huh. somehow it becomes your idea. <laughs> somehow you decide, like, he just has to put on the pants and you go to him and you're like, David, I, I, I'm going to seduce you. Wink, wink. You know? And David's like, yeah, I'll bet you are. Or, pardon me, pardon me. The Goblin King is like, I'll bet you are. I mean, and, cause, you know, when I, when you're a kid in the 80s, which a lot of us were. Sure. You know, you don't know, you know, music. That's fair. Like when well, you're you, a little kid? You know what's on Top 40 Radio, maybe? Like, whatever is... Well, in the 80s. Yeah. Or, as well as in the 70s. Hell, or if you're a kid at any point in time. Yeah. You don't really know music that isn't instantly accessible to you. Right. Like, if you have to put any effort into it, or if it's in your parents' collection or whatever, you probably aren't going to be that familiar with it. Yeah. But, you know, that movie, kids understand movies, kids love watching movies. Yeah. And you put that movie in and it's like, wow, this guy, he's, uh, he's singing, he's got crazy hair, he's got this giant cock that's just shaking in the camera. <laughs> and, you know, you're too, you're, maybe you're too young to understand what's going on there, especially if you haven't got one of your own. Uh-huh. But, you know, you're looking at that and you're thinking, something is happening here. You know, you, and and that's the thing. Like, I I don't think a lot of little kids mm-hmm. actually watch Labyrinth and think, "Wow, that guy's got a huge cock." You know, I don't think Probably that not. that happens. No, but I think a lot of people who got into that movie as kids, uh-huh. they come back to it as adults after they've discovered marijuana, and they're like, "I'm feeling nostalgic. I want to watch this movie again." And they see it, and they have that, "Holy shit! Why did my parents let me watch this moment?" Right, and as, like, nostalgia movies go, yeah. like, from that era anyway, I mean, Labyrinth is is better executed than, like, Legend or NeverEnding yeah. Story or any of those. Yeah, I, I feel like, I don't want to call it timeless because, well, there's also the issue of Bowie's wig. It's very much a product of its era. Yes. <laughs> you know, he's got that uh, Tawny Katane thing going. He kind of does. Oh, my God. <laughs> High five. Thank you. Because, holy shit, you're right. Yep. What matters is it's a movie that was made when Jennifer Connelly still had her eyebrows, and and I love her for it. <laughs> okay, yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, it, it it's very much one of those, it, it's very much one of the definitive examples of the movie that you look back on and you're like, why the fuck was I allowed to watch this as a kid? Sure. I mean, not because it's scary necessarily, although it does involve the Goblin King stealing a baby with designs on keeping it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, it, I mean, it, as a story, it's a nice yeah. little, you know... Lesson as well, you know, yeah. you don't appreciate da da da, and then the baby gets taken away by the goblins. And don't one. don't sell babies to goblins. That's pretty. Much don't it. sell babies at all, you know, or give babies away. Babies stay where they where they should stay. But it's an interesting twist, okay? Because you see the go- Jennifer Connelly sees the goblins, yeah, and they're gross puppets, and like that's easy, yeah, okay. Gross puppets stole the baby, Duh. but then she finds their leader. And it's Bowie. Yeah. And then you're like, wait a minute, this got complicated. And correct me if I'm wrong, but that movie does not have a moment where, like, where the illusion shatters and we see his true horrible goblin form. He stays Bowie for the whole movie. Correct. Yes. Correct. There, That is his true form. 
Exactly. I mean, yeah. that's, I don't think that's really explained beyond the fact that goblins are weird. I don't think they delve into that trope. Yeah. At all. Because, like, you know, normally when you're dealing with your various uh, forest folk, you know? Right. Your fairies, your goblins, your trolls, etc. Yeah. They put on the pretty face for the people... Then they get back to their world, and they turn back into little hunched branch monsters. Right. You know? And, no, no, David Bowie, he's just, yep, I'm the handsome one. That's how we pick our king. (laughs) For all we know, the backstory of this is, like, he is a regular human, and he slayed the old Goblin King that was a goblin. He was probably the last baby they took. Yeah. <laughs> Easily. Or he was like some hero who slayed the Goblin King and they said, you're our king now. And instead of going back to finish his hero's journey, he's like, okay, I'll just do this. Pirate rules. Okay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm going to say that he was the last baby they took. <laughs> That's fair, too. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, maybe do give your babies to the goblins. Because <laughs> he grows up to have a great wig and a great cock. So. <laughs> and a cool fortress. And a cool fortress. And he can sing. It's win-win. He can command the goblins with dance. Yeah. Yeah. And take I, that. Um. Look, the point is, I'm sorry that this has turned into yet another bunch of bullshit on the internet about Labyrinth, because Lord knows there's enough. Can That's, I divert us a little? Please do. I'm, I'm ready to get away from this. Okay. Alternate first experiences of Bowie. Of my own. This is before I saw Labyrinth, because I was one of those people who did not see it until college. Huh. Yeah. You know, yeah. gaps. So, it, just <laughs> listening to radio that my mom had on, I had heard yeah. the big hits like Changes and China Girl and Young Americans and yes. all that stuff. The yes. stuff that was... On the radio in the 80s. Mainstreamable, yes. Yeah. So, in the 90s, when, like, you know, alternative rock was, like, big enough to be on the radio, yeah. your Nirvana and Bush and Pearl Jam, etc., yes. there was a DJ in the the town I lived in that somehow managed to get a block, and I can't remember if it was once a week or for an hour every morning, but he got a block where he could he was allowed to play whatever he wanted. And was this a college station? No, it was regular radio. It was regular rock radio the whole rest of the time. It was, you know, your Nirvana and so forth. Well, there you go, America. In the time before Clear Channel, that shit could happen. Exactly. Yeah, this was a local guy, but it was regular local rock radio. So he he was into, like, kind of the stuff that was a little more underground. So he was playing, not super underground, but he was playing, like, Elvis Costello. And, you know, The Clash. And... Other Bowie besides that. You're 100% sure this wasn't a college station? I am absolutely <laughs> sure. Okay. Yeah, he was playing, he played the replacement. Did he play Ween? No. Okay, it wasn't a college station. <laughs> See, he was in the 80s stuff. Okay. Like 80s, like foundation rock of the stuff, so he played like talking heads. A lot of the stuff that got called college rock in the 80s. Yeah, yeah, and that was the foundation for, like, the stuff they played the rest of the time. Yeah, yeah. So, like... Like your early R.E.M. and so forth. Right. Yeah. But one day, <laughs> he said, okay, instead of my normal thing, I'm just going to play this entire old Bowie album. I think you guys are going to like it. Wow. He played Ziggy Stardust and the Spiders from Mars. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, like, the next day, I went out and bought the CD. I cannot fucking blame you. Yeah, that was my first Bowie album, was I went out and got Ziggy, because, like, this guy in his one hour a week was like, I'm just going to lay some shit down. 
that guy is doing God's work, or was. Was. I'm, yeah. sure he's, I'm sure he's been shut out by now. Oh, yeah. This was in the 90s. I'm sure if he's even in the radio business anymore. He's bitter? He's bitter as hell, doing his time in the fucking midnight slot on some smooth jazz station somewhere. Yeah. Or, like, or he's, he's <clears throat> playing fucking, I don't even listen to it rock radio anymore yeah. he's he's playing fucking nickelback and getting people ready for the four-hour opie and anthony broadcast he's just trying to feign enthusiasm uh-huh doing his time on that or on some country station somewhere <laughs> you know just trying to act like he's not sad yeah like, he's trying to act like they actually pay him He's got an earbud in one ear that's playing good albums. Yeah, <laughs> that he's not allowed to broadcast. Yeah, he's got he's got an iPod full of Elvis Costello. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> secretly listening to. He just wishes he could just push, just connect the wire. <laughs> and someday, someday, when he's sure he's got enough saved up. He yeah. will. <laughs> yeah. But no, that was my origin. So I bought Ziggy. Then, like, I was looking around. I bought Diamond Dogs. Yeah. And then, like, I got to do it. And then it wasn't too much longer where, you know, Napster happened. And then I could start downloading shit. Yeah. And then just the entire Bowie canon was opened up. Exactly. I mean, that's the thing. The We have unprecedented access to all music at this point in history. But you need to know to look for it. You need to know to look for it. And... Radio is certainly not picking up the slack like it used to. Mm-mm. So, you know, I, I wish there was just some guy out there just throwing Ziggy Stardust out into the ether for a bunch of teenagers to hear for the first time. Yeah. Because right now, I mean, that's the thing. We have the unprecedented access, but it's all by request. To go back to the very beginning of the show, where we're talking about avoiding Christmas songs. Right. We we don't have to hear Christmas songs, but that also means if somebody writes a good new Christmas song, mm-hmm. and it's been 20 years since all I want for Christmas is you, <laughs> but if somebody were to write a good new Christmas song, we'd miss it. Uh, probably. Yeah. And so, what's the solution? There is not a good one. You know, no. Short I mean, of hope, short of illegally posting it and hoping it gets retumbled a hundred thousand fucking times. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, there isn't even really MTV to fall back on. Like we all got into Christmas and Hollis. That yeah. was a long ass time ago. Yes, it was. Run DMC is doing something else now. Well, the surviving members are. Well, yeah, that's that's it. You know, everyone who influenced us is fucking dead. But we survived and didn't fuck up at any point. He yeah. didn't go to jail. He didn't beat up a fan or you know punch his wife or anything. I mean, Klaus Nomi's been dead for thirty years. Yeah, you know? I'm sad about that. Well, <laughs> whatever. He sang with Bowie. Yeah, you know. So. <laughs> But that's just it. After Klaus Nomi died, we've had three more decades plus of Bowie. Yes, we have. Like, so that rules. Yes, it does. And if if anyone's going to survive, I actually like that it's Bowie. You know, that kind of immortal, amazing Bowie. Yeah. Like, I mean, like, Cobain probably just would have gotten depressed. Yeah, I mean, I I can't imagine, you know, yeah, what what the tenth Nirvana album would even sound like. Well, would, we know what the you know Sting albums after the Police broke up sounded like. Exactly. So uh, pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's always interesting to see who survives and who carries on, and when it's somebody good. Yeah, when it's somebody good who really doesn't fuck up and who doesn't get sad. 
You know? Yeah. Like, maybe it's just because he's lived well. Maybe it's plastic surgery. But, you know, I, I'm sure he's slowing down in his old age to a point. He said so in interviews, you know? Well, that's fair. But, I mean, he's not doing concerts where he gets out there and embarrasses himself. He doesn't get out there and try to be 25 again. He's not Bruce Springsteen. Yeah. I'm going to put on jeans and sing for four hours and go, oh, oh, oh. Yeah, no, yeah. he's not doing that. No. And whenever somebody can do that, whenever somebody can age gracefully and still be able to, you know, play the hits and, you know, do Starman as the fourth encore. Of course. I'm happy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's my final say on on, on Bowie. Yeah, yeah. David Bowie didn't fuck up. <laughs> yeah, because we're the arbiters of that. Our opinion matters to him. <laughs> if you'd like to learn more about David Bowie, uh, uh, go to your local music source and uh, look up. Let's see, Space Oddity, Hunky Dory, Ziggy Stardust, Aladdin Sane, Station to Station. Scary monsters and super creeps. And so forth. Etc. Yes. Yeah. You know, by all means, worth paying for. You uh-huh. know, worth going out, getting on vinyl, keeping your local record shop in business just to say you have it. Yeah. You know? Hell, if you're, you're, if you were lucky enough to still have an independent record shop. Use and it. they still have a used CD bin. Oh, God. He's probably in there. Certainly. Yeah. And uh, if our opinions on this or any other things matter to you, uh-huh. you can get at us at uh, topics at thebeak.org. You can submit a topic. Absolutely. You can get at us at uh, facebook.com slash breakfastwiththebeak or breakfastwiththebeak.tumblr.com. And uh, hit us up on Twitter. Johnny's at the beak. I'm at Doc Heisenberg. That's Doc with a K. That is correct. Uh, write us an iTunes review. Because that's fun. We always appreciate that. Thank Your opinions you. matter to us, just as ours maybe matter to you. Sure. Yes. Let's go with that. Sure. All right. All right. So until next week, Did remain they... ageless and don't fuck up. Yeah. Dance magic dance. <laughs> This has been a production of the Beak Podcasting Network. Visit thebeak.org to learn more about this and other quality podcasts. Seriously, guys, so awesome.